never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Oh, Ken, it's Ken, it's all Welcome to another episode of the It's Canon Podcast. That's right. New day, new week, new episode. As always, I am your host. I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by Phil. Hey, everybody. How you doing out there? I hope everybody is safe. I think every- <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. What a week it's been. It's been a very fun week. It's been a very weird week. It's been a surreal week, to say the least. But it is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything. All things include comics, books, toys, video games, Lego, etc., etc., etc. And the best part of it all is, it's all in canon. Yeah, I heard a little bird say it's in canon. There you go. <laughs> Phil, how's your week been? Uh, it's been, you know, for a short week. It felt like a long week. <laughs> but it's been good, you know. Um, watching Brave New World, playing some Animal Crossing, making all the characters say some pretty messed up stuff. It's been good. There you go. How about you? My week's been pretty good, I think. I don't know. It's been a weird week. It's been it's been good, I think. Good. Yeah. It's been weird. But it's been good. It's been weird. But good. Oh man, <laughs> what a week. What a show we have for everyone. Well, what a couple shows we have for everyone this week. We have our regular news, chatter, arguments today. And then on Wednesday, we have a very awesome show lined up. With a very cool interview. We interviewed Jim Zub, comic book writer. We talked about a lot of broad subjects. We talked, a lot, you know, creating creator-owned characters versus and along with, you know, well-established IPs. Kind of, you know, how nerve-wracking it can be to take a, um, a existing IP and kind of going along with it, putting words to Spider-Man, Captain America, Yoda, etc. Uh, we talked a little. Yep, Conan the Barbarian. That's a huge one. That's his current work right now. Uh, we talked a little bit about you know the realities of 2020 and kind of how he's been coping. We talked a little bit about you know how people are a little more open nowadays and that's for sure something that i've noticed uh we yeah we talked a lot a lot a lot about a lot of stuff it was very good yeah the full interview will be on the episode and it's going to be a good one yeah that'll be dropping on wednesday everybody so and jim does a really good job as someone who's who's kind of fresh to some of jim's work um I was really impressed with how he conducts himself and his self-discipline and whatnot. It's all discussed. So it'll be a great episode. So look forward to uh, treating your ears to that. Yeah. This week, today, news, news, news. Where are we going to start? Let's start with the fun and the obvious. So Disney is going to reorg 
to further bolster company's focus on streaming. I don't think this is a huge surprise to anyone. But last Monday, Disney said that it is reorganizing its business units to focus even more on streaming. The company said in August that its Disney Plus service has more than 60 million subscribers and subscribers to its main combination of streaming services, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, top 100 million it still does plan to launch another international streaming service called star so we talked about that in the past um you know with the coronavirus pandemic it's just halted box offices revenue um closing many theaters business plans are changing even disney and how they are releasing movies have changed um so you know i think a lot of more focus will be going to streaming streaming services streaming platforms and i think we're going to see a lot of good positive changes coming um what's your take on this phil um yeah it's pretty obvious i think given the state of the world given how these companies are looking to drive revenue and revenue right now subscriptions so it is, you know, the idea of you're going to sell Blu-rays, the idea that they're going to be getting into the box office isn't something that's going to be happening for a while. There's not going to be any mad rushes at the cash register on those avenues. So that means it's all going to be a war of where your monthly goes, right? So, you know, it, it broke this week as well. John Favreau confirmed that they're set to start filming season three of The Mandalorian this year. Like this is this is Disney starting to put stuff in overdrive, and there's lots of leaks and rumors. I know I'm always playing the Star Wars angle, but there's lots of leaks and rumors regarding Disney greenlighting, or at least close to greenlighting, certain breakout shows from the Mandalorian's cast characters, with Cara Dune getting her own show possibly, with uh, uh, like there's a whole bunch of these characters that are coming up in season two. That Disney is positioning as well as Obi-Wan and you've got all the Marvel stuff that's hitting like, uh, uh, you know, Captain, like the, the Falcon type show, the WandaVision, all this stuff is, is there. The, yeah. the current rumor is that Kevin Feige is the person that's blocking Black Widow from switching over from a theatrical release to Disney Plus. That's the current rumor that I, I was picking up on this week. Yeah, that really doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, yeah, you know, another piece of news that we're going to jump into right now goes hand in hand with this, and that is Disney's decision to debut Pixar's Soul is that they will be pushing it to Disney Plus at no extra cost, um, which clearly they're changing their strategy after the Mulan experiment. Uh, we don't have... Uh, figures, numbers on viewership data on Milan, but clearly internally there was a decision made at some point in time that that's not the plan moving forward. So Pixar's soul will come to Disney Plus on December 25th at no additional cost. I think Disney have been <clears throat> fairly careful with how they handed, handled Mulan. And in that, I mean... I think they could do it in the future. I think if if Black Widow not being released starts to impact Marvel in general or Marvel's rollout, I think they're going to be forced to bring it out onto Disney Plus and they may copy that type of format if if push comes to shove and and Kevin loses. Uh because if you can't jeopardize the whole Marvel brand, right? There the content needs to be seen and like I say, financing on these films is huge. And to keep them locked up or locked away requires money. So Disney will be eager at some point to get these out. And the worst this pandemic looks in the second wave, obviously, is going to determine their strategy going forward. I'm happy that Soul is going directly to a free view or, you know, a subscribed view. I'm really pleased about that because as we discussed briefly this week Mulan also came out this week on all the other streaming platforms and 
I got to say, if I was a Disney Plus subscriber, that I know that you bought it, but I know why you bought it. And that's okay. I think you fall into a category that could be happy with this. But if I was actually a fan of Mulan, if I was like really entrenched into that IP, like that story, the problem that I have right now is it released on all the other platforms at the same price, which is good. But all the other platforms have extras that I didn't get with my Disney Plus. So they have the documentaries, they have the extra scenes, they have the outtakes, they have the the gag reels or whatever, anything extra. Because they got a full production Blu-ray with their purchase on iTunes. Whereas on Disney Plus, I paid the same amount of money and I got to watch the movie. And if I want to continue to watch the movie... I have to maintain my subscription. So it's going to cost me in perpetuity to be able to watch Mulan. Whereas if I would have just waited, I would have got extra and I can just call it up in my library if I'm subscribing or not. It was disingenuous to the fans. Yeah, possibly. But again, I go back to the fact that, you know, they had to do something. That movie was supposed to come out in March. And I know that there are other movies that have been delayed that are kind of waiting on a server somewhere. But, you know, that movie was supposed to be released back in March. Um, It being the IP that it is, being Disney, I understand why they wanted to do that the way that they did. Um, You know, obviously, you know, things have been changing a lot and very quickly. Um, So, you know, was it a um, good release? Probably not. There's probably a lot of things that they would want to change, um, you know. But the reality is, is that you know they 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 did what they wanted to do. They did what they could do, um, you know, for a family of four or five people. It made sense, um, you know, not withholding the fact that, like you said, to keep the movie, you have to keep your Disney Plus subscription. Now, like on Amazon, iTunes, etc., you can get um, the movie because it's now considered like a Blu-ray release, a digital release. So, you know, it's it's the unfortunate, um, I guess, uh, backside of all of this is that, yeah, you know, possibly people got screwed possibly people felt that they did get screwed but you know disney was like stuck between a rock and a hard place that's at the end of the day that's what it was here's what it means though for me and i think for a lot of other fans if they try the same thing with black widow i'm not buying it i'm waiting until it comes out on on the other platforms because number one then it's in my collection And I don't have to maintain my subscription. You know, like, truth be told, I probably will. But now it's a point of contention in that maybe I don't want it. You know, and then I lose it. And secondly, all the extras. You know, like that. Those things mean something to me when I'm a fan of the product or the the series. Like, for Black Widow. So that instantly eliminates the way that they handled it. And I, I, I think they should have. I applaud them for trying something. But what I don't applaud them for is planning it out. These franchises mean things to people. And when they treat people like money, instead of respecting the property, it just ends up being Disney being Disney. It's like that caricature in your mind of, of this behemoth of a company that doesn't give two craps about you. And there's acting like it, right? It's... It's like, oh, that's a big misstep. You know, Disney have to try and make this up to the fans and get their confidence back that they're not going to continue to do stuff like this in the future with the most hallowed franchises that people dedicate their lives to, whether it be Marvel, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be The Simpsons or anything else. Like these, that's their responsibility is to wield their power with more respect to the fans. And yeah, I don't know. that's what we're about here I, I, on the show. I, I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far that they don't respect their fans. You know, I wouldn't no, they say... just have to be more responsible with it. Yeah, for sure. That that I agree with. But I don't you know, I don't think that they don't respect their fans. I know that 
they do see us as dollar signs and that's pretty much it. But, you know, I think that given everything that's happened, given so much uncertainty with theaters and everything, they did, you know, they, they rolled out something that they they thought was the best plan possible for them um and really trying to get like the families and that's really who they um tried to push that for but i under i understand and i agree with you in terms of kind of like yeah now disney kind of has to turn around and not apologize but not they do this again it. yeah yeah exactly they could have just released it on disney plus you know oh you're already subscribers just like they're doing with pixar right like just like they did with Artemis Fowl and all this other stuff, they just said, "Ah, we're going to skip the theater." Guess what? It's a pandemic. You can have it. They advanced Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker because they're like, "Hey, everybody's in lockdown. Here's Rise of Skywalker two months early." Yeah. Like there, there was an easy win in there, and they chose not to do it. You yeah. know, there's there's repercussions for that. I hope they learn what they are. That's it. They, That's they what it comes down step to. In the future. You know, yeah, but if shows like ours and and fans like that follow us and follow Disney don't call it out, then Disney are going to keep on, you know, doing what they do, like like living up to that stereotype, that cynical stereotype that we have. Of course, but yeah. that's the thing. But here's the thing: even if fans are pissed off, you know. 200 people cancel Disney Plus subscriptions, 200 people do this, 200 people do that. Is it really going to hurt their bottom line at the end of the day? Like, how much are they actually going to be hurting if a couple people are pissed off? Yeah, but I, I just think maybe Mulan was a good experimental because your backlash fan reaction would be minimal. But there's going to be a time where, you know, all the properties that they hold all the fans of those things are going to collectively start to get pissed off, pissed off potentially if mistakes bleed over, like they they can contain this. They, and they, I know they will. I'm just, you know, fleshing it out. Just just doing some digital riffing here, you know, of course. Also Disney plus Disney announced earlier this week that on Tuesday, November 17th, we are going to get a Lego Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> yeah, and there are great ads too on uh, on Twitter yeah. and social media <laughs> with Luke's hand and, and Anakin's legs and arm. <laughs> no, it's great. And the, the funniest thing about this release is that it's, it's redragging the swamp of Lucasfilm that that infamous uh, holiday special that George Lucas absolutely detests and that it brings it back with life day yeah. with that disjointed Christmas feel right yeah. the Star Wars Christmas and I don't know it puts it front and center in a fun way and I think that's the benefit of Star Wars Lego that Disney has is that they can retell the stories that we all know with humor. Yeah. You know, we've all played the video games. We've all seen the DVDs and the, and even on Disney plus the shows, the, the all stars and everything like that. And it is enjoyable to sit down and watch the alternate humorous takes in the star Wars world. When it comes to that stuff, it's a real license to, you know, you're not in Canon. Yeah. And what's fun with it. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think, you know, one thing that we always tell Disney is that they need to have more fun with their IPs. They sometimes take themselves too seriously, but I'm glad that, you know, they can insert some humor using the Lego because it is somewhat out of, of, out of canon. Um, and then one thing that's really cool is that Anthony Daniels, Kelly Marie Tran, and Billy D. Williams are all reprising their roles doing voice acting in yeah. this holiday special. Yeah. It's great to see them lending their voices to the project. And I know with the Lego team, the, the voices are pretty much on point. Like the characters are defined and whatnot. So having the authentic voices in there mixed in with the regular voice acting 
is going to make it hilarious and probably some very memorable moments. So it, it's going to be a real treat to watch as a Star Wars and Lego fan. Yeah. But yeah. So that's that. That's Star Wars. So yeah. That's Disney Plus. It'll November 17th. We'll for sure watch it. We'll talk about it that week. It's going to be fun. Life day. Life day indeed. <laughs> Maybe also, D. Arthur will be on. Is she still around? Who? B. Arthur. Oh. From the Golden Girls. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said. I didn't hear what you said. Calm down. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, she's still around, right? Yeah. Okay, good. You never know. They were old when they made the Golden Girls. So. Exactly. As you mentioned, Mandalorian Season 3 to begin filming before end of 2020. It's one of those things where I kind of feel like there's. Just while things can get done, they're going to want to get them done. Um, Because you never, at this point, who knows what 2021 is going to bring? Who knows what the next few months are going to bring? So right now that things are somewhat stable, I think it's smart that they take advantage of it and just go and film what they can. Especially when you consider how they film The Mandalorian. You know, it's, it's, I'm sure that... uh, it doesn't take as much time to actually do the production. Um, it's the post-production work where, you know, I think a lot of the time comes. Yeah. And, you know, we're referencing that volume that they film in, right? So it's LED screens all around and on the top. So it's basically like shooting on a soundstage and getting realistic effects that they just have to touch up and post. I'm making it sound really easy and it's not. It's 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 probably a very involved thing. It's just you know they do very limited location shoots because of this technology advancement, and yeah, it's time to just get in there. I I think both season one and season two were done on a similar time schedule, so I don't think anybody should be getting optimistic about an idea that we could get Mandalorian season three uh, ahead of time. Uh, to comply with that Disney, the first story with the Disney um, kind of focus on Disney Plus, I think it's still going to take quite a while in order to get through the post production and reshoots. But as well, it is confirmed that Pedro Pascal will be back as the Mandalorian. So we can put that to bed, that rumor. So, you know, it's not to say that stuff didn't happen or go down between Pedro Pascal and lucasfilm but they seem to have overcome it and that's a good sign for the show yep very good sign for the show very very good sign um mad max we've had a lot of oh sorry i'm gonna put this in right here we've had a lot of alternate releases as well this week there was a 30 second drop for season two of the mandalorian which had just a few different pieces in it one of the shots had lava erupting behind the tie fighters versus the original one in the the, the one in the uh, trailer didn't have lava so it, it's they're they're retouching or re or changing what's being shown and apparently tomorrow night during monday night football there's going to be a special look at the mandalorian i don't know what that means if it's an- another trailer or if it's going to be some behind the scenes footage or interviews with cast on set but they're going to be doing something. I just caught a whiff of it yesterday on the news or, you know, during a commercial. Right. There you go. We'll see what that brings. Um, anything else to say on that? No, no I think that's all my Mandalorian news. Yeah. I'm just thinking if there's something, I can't imagine it being more than than a two-minute bit. That we're talking about because I know the way that ABC does this with the with the Monday Night Football things and they'll make a big deal about it. They'll cut away to some featurette and then they'll cut back. Yep. So it's dedicated time slotting. It's not just a commercial. I hope. Um, so if they do that, if there's anything significant, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it. Yep. Exactly. You know, like I, I'm just wondering. The original trailer. The rumors are that they wanted to show Ahsoka, and yeah. it got nixed. So I'm just I'm wondering, sure. is this when Ahsoka gets displayed? Because 
They released an Ahsoka lightsaber, the images for the packaging. It's upcoming uh, Hasbro Black Series lightsaber. And it pretty much looks like Rosario Dawson is Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like a photo, not a drawing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's spoilery. <laughs> yeah, I know. But here we are, right? It's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. League of Legends Wild Rift is coming to iOS. For all you League of Legends fans, you'll be able to play the game on iOS. That's good of Riot to do that. Very popular game. Um, interesting community, but uh, that's just some news for them. And that was one of those low-key announcements that was made at the Apple High, Apple High Speed event. <laughs> terms of video yeah, games yeah they just threw it in there kind of like how i did in terms of video games phil what's happening what's going on any news you want to bring up um i didn't see much this week it, it was kind of quiet week you know like like stadia are saying that they're not going away but it was kind of statements from development team and executives that could be read either way because while they said we're committed to moving this platform forward if we can't <laughs> it was like well it just it, it just seems to me more and more that google is spinning stadia out into a region where they're just going to put it in the google graveyard yeah and that's it so i i they did mention that Cyberpunk is going to be available on Stadia day one, but I don't think that there's any sane person right now that I would advise putting $70 into Google Stadia, and then if Stadia goes away, you lose your game. Yeah. Like, this is really crap territory that they're putting their customers in. Yeah. And if they do that, I think that it's going to, again, draw real anger Yeah. out of people who make that commitment. So... You know, Google got they've got to step properly here, you know. And then we've got Luna, we've got X Cloud or whatever the Microsoft is just calling a Game Pass. The 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 next generation is here as far as streaming, you know. And then when we look at the other platforms, I think the the news that I saw this week is Borderlands Three is an automatic day one upgrade to the new xbox and ps5 right so do you know how these upgrades are going to get work? some polish i th i don't know but i get the feeling like what you're going to have to do is actually have the game in your library then you're going to have to download some kind of update that will be a 4k update and this yeah. is where people are going to start to get shocked because the avaya sorry the xbox series the xbox one x really shocked a lot of people because if you download a true 4k game it could be upwards of 150 gigabytes yeah so this is where those you know low hard drive capacities whatever are going to really start impacting people's isps and things like that because you know november 12th or whatever when these things go live there's going to be tons of people just downloading the crap out of existing libraries and getting them in this upgraded format. Yeah. You know, but it just really comes down to the developer acknowledging that you have a digital copy or a physical copy of the game and then giving you that upgrade. So then if you do have the physical disc, you will still need to insert the physical disc in. I don't know how that works actually on a discless. So, like, I've already bought Borderlands 3 on, on disc. Yeah. How do I get, you know, for that, that type of thing? I, I think it just really preaches to the idea that with this digital world, we're going to have to start buying our games completely digital. Like, there's no incentive to buy the disc other than the resale, but... Yeah. And, and, and move around your family, for sure, or friends, but... It's yeah. really becoming a, the a incentive DRM is for sure there to get digital as opposed to physical at this point. It just makes more sense. And like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that I trade games with my nephew, 
um, and friends, there would be zero reason for me to buy physical. Yeah, it's it's a weird weird space to be in right now, but I'm I'm becoming very cognizant of it with my gaming library. But I I don't know, like to me, Boris, how much am I gonna want to buy a PS5 to just play PS4 games? Why don't like see unless there is a really tangible upgrade to the graphics or the experience, right? Like. This is one of my issues with this entire next gen of gaming. And we were seeing this more and more this gen. But the next gen, it just seems to be remakes and re-releases of, you know, games that I've been playing for the past seven years. Like, you know, I Mm. want more original new next gen titles. I don't want upgrades. I don't want whatever... It to me, it like it. It's not a selling point. I, you know, I'm. I want to play the new games. I don't give a shit about stuff that's been out for how many years. Like it's great. Okay, it's fantastic that Borderlands and Cyberpunk and all these games are getting the free upgrades. But to me, what does that really mean? It just means that you know these publishers are buying time to actually release new titles because they can get away with still making money on old IP, you know, and now they can sell it at a higher price point. Yeah. I, you know, it's been one of my core arguments. It, it is the reason why I think Microsoft gets it right is because they're giving you the game pass. So they're giving you content that's changing regularly. So you can go in there and you can you can go, oh, okay, and EA Play is going to be on it. And obviously there's going to be a huge crush of Bethesda and, and, you know, like all of these different titles that have access to the Xbox platform now. And you're going to be able to go in there and obtain those. So if you skipped Doom Eternal on the previous version, you, you might be getting an enhanced version. I don't know. I'm speaking out my ass on this one. But you might be getting a better version on your PlayStation, on your Xbox Series X. So I find that that's, that's an interesting play in the market because it's allowing you that experience. Whereas basically Sony are saying, oh, no, if you had the game, you can play it still. Well, that was nice of you. <laughs> like, it's not, like you say, it's not motivating me to to go to Sony PS5 for that reason. It's got to be about the games. It's got to be about, I want Horizon Zero or Horizon Dawn, like, two. I want the stuff. And they're basically saying that these games are going to be available on the PS4 because it's such a large install base. So, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to participate in this this circus of trying to get one. Well, here's the thing also, and, you know, we always forget to bring it up and talk about it, but PlayStation also has PS Now, which is kind of their version of Game Pass, where, you know, you can play older games and whatnot and have that subscription service and whatnot. But, you know, it's just, it gets lost kind of in a lot of the other Sony stuff. Um, And hopefully, you know, they've... They've talked a little more about it. You know, it was kind of a feature of their presentations when they introduced PS5 and all that fun stuff. But, you know, they they have the same stuff as Xbox does. Um, so, you know, for me, and this is why I say backwards compatibility is dumb. Because at the end of the day, you know, they want you to subscribe to Game Pass, to PS Now. That's like the whole point of of that so you know it being kind of like a an emulator of sorts you know do the new systems actually need backwards compatibility is it really that important does anyone really actually care about it there are people who do i guess but i'm not one of them i'll be curious to see a game like if i do get an xbox i'll be curious to see a game like horizon uh forza horizon 4 um, and see that thing load up because right now it's a total pig. Like yeah. it's disgusting on an Xbox One. Like I, I sit there and start the game. I can literally go get a drink. I can come back. I hit the next button. Okay, now it's loading. 
and then it's loading textures and then it's loading this and i'm just like it is frustrating like these hard drives are slow yeah so that that that's the biggest feature of next gen that i'm looking forward to having the wait time like seeing some of that press that i've seen and i know sony will come out with it because this week they did show off their ui so that was kind of video game news for the week yeah it's funny though like that's no surprises big news that hey this is what the ui for the new system looks like isn't it beautiful talk about it and here we are talking about it yeah i only bring it up because it was an event that got noticed yeah um and it's a response to xbox Xbox actually released their Xbox One, like their Xbox Series X and S OSs for the Xbox One. Mine updated this week. Yeah. So I've got the new OS on my Xbox. So I'm already experiencing it. I'm going, hey, look, they changed this menu system around. Hey, look, they rounded this. It's all really small things. But it's just that it landed in people's laps. Yeah. Sony, you know, are playing it completely opposite, but I know they felt compelled to at least get some buzz about it because people were talking about their experience on Xbox. Of course. So, you know, you you see, you see them talk about the internals of the the Series X and what does Sony do? They counter with, well, here's our lead engineer doing a full teardown, liquid metal, liquid metal, uh, heat sinks, you know. All this insanity inside of that machine. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, wow, okay, so this is a game of chess. Yeah. And I'm the prize. Yeah. Because they want my money. Exactly. So we may as well eat it up, folks, because after this is done, I'm just the product again. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, they're competing for me right now. When this is done, they're just going to say, okay, give us more money. Here's a game. Here's some candy. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So, it's, it's sticking with video games, one of the, I guess, interesting items that was brought to our attention was the SEO firm, The Hoth. They had their analysts. They poured over data from Google Trends throughout the year, and they've concluded that Xbox Series X will outsell the PlayStation 5 by Christmas. Well, why does it basically just mean, well, you know why they can say that? 299 American. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. what that's all about. Is that that's their play in that space in order to get the numbers. As long as there's product available, like if if this scarcity pre-order crap show wasn't what it is and we could go out and buy the freaking product. All right then it would be an interesting war because I think Microsoft does win based off of 299 or 3 399 399 in Canada. Yeah. But Here, here's the thing yeah, though. It's tough. It's tough and you know you, one thing I want to do touch on that you brought up was this crap shoot. This crap show, this shit show, this unnerving adventure for some, like Tyler, in regards to trying to get a pre-order yeah. of a system. Because just a few months ago, as the pandemic was really raging, um, you know, Sony and Microsoft came out and they said, guys, don't worry, you'll get your systems, there'll be plenty. And, you know, I just find that this rollout has been absolutely horrible. And one thing that we talked yep. about and I think should be repeated is the fact that, you know, it's no secret that Sony is outselling Xbox right now in terms of pre-sales. But this is the long, you know, long term, we might see a win-win for both systems. I see Sony doing really well with pre-orders. There might not be as much product once, you know, systems are out by mid-november so xbox might actually sell more in store as opposed to the pre-orders because yeah you don't have the sony playstation 5 in hand well 
if they get these boxes, these two ninety nine digital boxes, out to market, it's a brilliant move in terms of the consumer walking by and just grabbing it and slapping it in a cart. Yeah. But the problem that they've opened up, as we've discussed, is that the S isn't really it's hindering the X in the development. It's it's confusing for it's not 4K things like that. Like it's it's kind of a, a short term solution with a long term hangover. So Microsoft has to be very careful about this because they have to manage what their install base is and yeah. start reacting accordingly. And I see it getting ugly. I just see a lot of marketplace confusion. And then additional to all this news that we're talking about, I know it's probably a news bulletin, but it makes sense to put it in here. There was some work in terms of the the vague press release that Microsoft and GameStop produced last week. We talked about it on the show. <clears throat> the um, They came out and they said that they're doing that partnership, that affiliation. Um, they talked about using the X Cloud as a platform for GameStop as an architectural, you know, informational gateway for them for their systems and and using the Surface Pros in store, that type of thing. But uh, some analytics, some analytics were done. Some some people who basically report on on these contracts basically came forward and they said, oh, in this contract, look at this, they actually award GameStop the ability to collect in perpetuity continued um, continued revenue on any digital sales. So if somebody goes into basically GameStop or EB Games, I'm assuming is, is included in this as well, they're going to be able to buy the Xbox and then any digital game. So for the Xbox Series S, any digital purchase and X as well, but I think with diskless games, this just incentivized GameStop to sell diskless. Exactly. And it incentivized GameStop to sell Xbox. Yep. And there's nothing that says that Sony can't do the same thing. But from what we know, Sony hasn't. And maybe yes. that's why Sony are short producing the diskless version and over producing to market the disc version. Yeah. To me, that I think makes sense. A lot sense. of stuff is starting to clarify now. Yeah, exactly. Like clearly, Sony got wind of this deal, and they kind of saw what was happening. Um, and I'd be very interested to see what Sony counter punches this with. And I'm surprised that no announcements have been made thus far. I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything or even any rumblings of a partnership with a brick and mortar store like this. You know, the the you know, it's it's Microsoft played their cards really well. This is huge for both companies, me being meaning um, Microsoft and GameSpot GameStop, sorry. Um, you know, it makes sense for them and we'll see what Sony comes back with. Yeah, and I I think maybe Sony got caught not expecting this to roll out this way because I can't imagine that that deal is an easy deal to make. So I don't know if that deal is actually going to be one where GameStop can't, like, you know, it might be written into that deal that they're not allowed to do the same type of incentive with Sony. Yeah. As So does that mean Sony has to go to, like, Best Buy and try exactly. to broker this deal or Amazon or, or Walmart? You know, it, it's got to go somewhere to try and get their hooks in. And the percentages, we should note as well, the percentages weren't disclosed. Yeah. So they said that it could be anywhere from like 1% to 10%. So I think 10% sounds awfully high, but here's the one thing. Digital games are a high markup item because you don't have any distribution in it. You don't have any warehousing. You don't have any product. Yeah. So... And they keep them just keep the sales integrity intact. They keep them at the same price, like we've discussed. They keep them at the same price as the physical media. But it could be that that digital game 
could be a lot cheaper. You know, we know it's cheaper to produce in terms of getting it to market. So it could be that that game could be sold as still making good revenue at like 50 bucks instead of 70. Right. Yeah. And now we're just talking about, well, that extra cream on the top can now go to GameStop. So who knows what that percentage is? Yeah. I suspect it's low, but it could be renegotiated at any point in time because it really just gets Microsoft out there in the hands of people. It, It increases their exposure, which is their play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been shot after shot, right? Like this entire release cycle. Yeah, it always is. Like, remember last time they released the PS4 and and, uh, like Xbox went first and basically people hated it. The PS4 completely ransacked their entire presentation to to counter the negative news cycle that Microsoft had garnered and it turns out Microsoft were probably right. <laughs> That's the funny part. It's like they're just like their original breakdown of how they saw the digital gaming world going and how they saw this generation of, that we just finished of, of consoles going was probably more on point. And we've just been working a weird way to do exactly what we're doing now and have digital games. <laughs> exactly. I would have thought, right? But yeah, it's just, you know, you also have to remember this is a seven, eight years ago, right? Like, yeah. We got news of these systems eight years ago. They were released seven years ago, um, and it's just so much has changed now, right? Um, yeah. I think even the fact that you may not want to go to a store to buy video games anymore, right? Like, there's just so much now working with all of this. So, who knows? Yeah, the world has definitely evolved. Yeah. Right. And sometimes good, bad ways, but changing our consumer habits to match the pandemic and to match the digital landscape. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll forever be a fan of digital for the simple fact that I don't need to be lining up at a store at midnight in order to get that first peak, you know, and then going home and installing it and then downloading a patch and all that stuff. Hey, it's ready. 1201. Boom. I'm playing for 20 minutes. Go to bed. Exactly. See, that's a huge thing because a lot of stores don't do midnight openings anymore, right? So not every title gets that that coveted midnight opening slot. Well, it was it was so difficult. I watched Microplay do it up here and they had a drive through midnight opening for the Mario release a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. And they had like all these social media posts, like you enter your car here and then you're going to drive around the building. You're going to, we're going to process your payment at this point and then you're going to pick up your copy and then you'll drive around and get back out on the street here. It was an interesting experiment. I, I'm, I'm hope, I hope it went well for them. Yeah, exactly. So that is video game chat. And as Phil mentioned, you know, the world has changed one industry that's been decimated to the point where we don't know what's going to happen. And that is movie theaters. So movie theaters for many years have been getting hit hard um, for one reason or another. But I believe during now during the pandemic, you know, it's it's up in the air. Will they exist moving forward? How will theatrical releases work? How will studios want to release their movies are they going to go straight to streaming like what's what are they going to do so you know as movie theaters continue to struggle um amc theaters is kind of thinking what they can do and they've announced that customers can actually rent out full auditoriums for private screenings with rentals starting at $99 American. So according to AMC, customers can rent out an auditorium for a private screening party for up to 20 total people. The rentals start at $99 before tax, but can increase to $349 depending on a few variables, such as movie being screened, theater location, add-ons like food and drinks. Uh, there are also charges for things such as microphones to greet guests, extended access time to the theater, removing ads and trailers and other options in order to request a private auditorium rental. Customers just need to fill out a form on the AMC website and a rep will contact you. 
Oh man, <laughs> that sounds weird, man. I good for them for being creative. Yeah, I guess that's I I I applaud them, but I can't see. And just full full disclosure here, in my region, we're going to stage two lockdown as of tomorrow for 28 days. I know you're already in that, Boris, because here in Canada, we're having some, the numbers are rising. I don't understand, all right? Yesterday, I was out because I had to buy food, okay? And the feeling in the grocery store was one of... Um, I guess people seemed a little bit on edge and a little bit busier than I think I was anticipating. And I talked about it with some people and they said, well, it's because of stage two kicking in on Monday, they're panic buying or they're, they're trying to get out and get stuff done. I'm like, well, the food store is going to be open. We just can't go eat in a restaurant or yeah. go to a movie theater. <laughs> you know, like these trouble spots, go to a gym things like that and i just can't see wanting to go and do that now it might be cool if maybe i had a kid and and i wanted them to see empire strikes back in the theater it's yeah. a different experience you know and that would be worth my hundred dollars right there but i just can't see the risk of exposure being enough to compel me to do something like this if if the numbers get as bad as they think they're going to get right we have to clear up some big so, Spider-Man three casting it's rumors. The- you know, yeah. I just think theaters are going to get closed down again. There's going to be any any limitations that are out there right now on twenty people or whatever the regional limitations are are going to be getting super strict again and whatnot as they try to flatten the curve here, right? Like, that's that's what it's all about. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like in the States. It just seems like everything's a carnival yeah. as far as this virus and how it's being managed from a high level, right? It's, it's unfortunate because the punchline is, you know, sad. It's people are losing their lives yep. for business, and that's not, not a great, <laughs> great consoling message, right? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's crazy. I just can't see the risk. I I just see it as dank and moist still. So yeah, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, you're essentially, and this is one of those only in America things. Because here in Canada, you know, you still have your social bubbles. Technically, you're only supposed to be people that, um, uh, you know, that live keep, in the yeah. same household. So, you know. Why, like, one thing is renting a movie theater for, like, a family thing of, like, five, six people. But the fact that you can fill up this theater with up to 20 people just seems very weird, seems very odd, and, like, almost, like, the most American thing humanly possible. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the masks are going to be off, and the popcorn's going to be eaten, and the, oh, hand that over here, and all that. And I don't know. It's, It's just got me, like... It just seems to me like every every week there's new information about the transmission of the virus and a better understanding scientifically of what's going on. And that just serves to show me that the, the risks that maybe sometimes we're willing to take aren't worth taking. It, yeah. It's that simple. You know, it's like they, they don't have every answer to every issue about how this thing gets passed around. So, yeah. I don't think I, I think I'm okay with my 55 inch 4k TV, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You That's, know. you know, at the end of the day, and I'm going to stress this to all of our listeners, you only do what you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah. We're not advocating that everybody go out and get a movie theater for a couple hours. But if, if that's what you're comfortable doing, go ahead. To you. You have, have fun. the freedom. Yep. Yep, that's exactly it. Don't lick the door handles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That just sounds nasty. Fucking, ugh. I don't even know You see, more. this is where my mind goes in terms of not licking the door handle, but all the common places that exist in a the theater. If you have 20 theaters and you have 
all these groups renting them out at the same time and using the washroom. There's tons of areas that you could be exposed to the virus and not even in that same room with your people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you have to think about how these structures are built and, and you know, it's, it's mind blowing. I'm like, eh. you know, like if I could rent the whole theater <laughs> for 99 bucks, I'd be the only two, only have two people in it. Well, I don't know. It's, and you're going to disinfect it afterwards. I, <laughs> I can live with that. Me? I can yeah, live with yeah. that. I could live with that, maybe, but maybe, maybe <laughs> after a few beers, you know. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Any other things you want to bring up? Want to chat about? No, I, I think most of it was for me. I'm always geeked about Star Wars. You know, Animal Crossing is Animal Crossing. It's just that grind, man. Holy cow. They, they've they made it. It's the most grinding I've done since, like, Destiny 2. Yeah. It's, I can imagine. Yeah, or Division 1. I did a lot of grinding in that in terms of dailies and whatnot. And I just don't understand. Like, it, it, it is nice in the sense that you get into the game and it creates a mood. It sets your mind into a comfortable place there's that addiction of i'm on my island it's sunny there's this music playing the freaking raccoons are overlords of this island and i'm subservient to them um you know there's a there's an environment that they create and they've been successfully doing yeah so i understand the allure that way but it is like I've got six rocks that I need to go mine. I got four fossils I need to dig up. I've got five fish I need to catch, you know, in order to get. And like the points now, the awards are becoming meaningless to me because I've just got so much of it. I've got over, you know, these nook miles or whatever. I'm I'm getting up to 400,000, which is a lot. As far as the bells, which is the currency, I've got six million dollars right like i and there's nothing in the game to spend it on really like you know like i could just go through and start basically bulldozing the island and making it into a plaza <laughs> you know like it's just weird man I, I'm, I'm like there's a def definite end to it and i've hit it and i'm just seeing it out just to see the seasons yeah and get the experience you and still... to see what kind of havoc I can install into yeah. the people there. Do you still play daily? Yeah, I play once a day for half an hour approximately. That's amazing. So I, I've put toilets and urinals all throughout the island. Because the funny thing is, is that when the NPC characters see them just hanging about, they start using them. <laughs> and there's nothing like seeing a tiger popping a squat on a toilet. <laughs> Oh, in God. the middle of a field. <laughs> I just call that the flushing meadow. Oh, <laughs> it's man. Just, it's just so bizarre, just some of the behaviors of the NPCs. So <laughs> NPCs are so fun sometimes. Yeah, they call me bum plug and all that stuff. It's just funny. Jizzy jazz, sticky spaz. Uh, it's just weird, man. And then there's other characters I've planted. I, I told one of the little mice to use a term, in the taint. <laughs> and he's been using it. I forgot I told him to say that. Yeah. So it's legit like throwing me during the game because he's like, oh man, that's awesome. In the taint. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> oh, Phil. You know, I'm going to have fun with it. So. Yeah. So one thing as we're talking about movies and restrictions um, you know, and to me, this one's an interesting one. Um, so the Batman will continue to film despite increased restrictions in the UK. So due to the coronavirus pandemic, many film productions have been shut down and restarted multiple times. Uh, everyone knows the Batman, you know, they've kind of had to start, stop, start, stop. But, um, you know, with increased restrictions, 
um, it will not impact filming in the city of Liverpool where they are filming the Batman. So it's it's to me it's interesting kind of like how we're starting to see um you know some industries get a pass for the restrictions. Yeah, and you know Liverpool and I think like England's having issues with the second wave. And I I I just think that with one of these productions I guess the overall discussion with the city and whatnot is that there's probably licenses issued filming agreements there's money being exchanged and there's people's times and their schedules because these actors don't have an infinite availability they've you know with these stops and starts and whatnot they basically the studio wants to have the movie in the can and just do post work on it right yeah and and it doesn't matter when the date is of actual release, as long as they have principal photography done, then they can go in and take their sweet ass time on editing or anything else, sound, you yeah. know, music, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a different and those people have demands too, obviously. Everyone's trying to come to fit into a timeline. Yeah. Right. So um I'll be I'll be happy when I know it's done. Yeah. You know, like for Dune, I'm happy it's done. It, it's immaterial to me what, when it releases now. Yeah. It just it, it just that's what 2020's done to me, right? I just okay. You're telling me I've been patient all this time. I have to be more patient. I got that down. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not gonna sweat it. Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, I don't at this point. If you know, patience is something that 2020 has taught everyone. I think so. Knowing that something is ready, is completed, I'm okay with waiting a little bit longer. Um, you know, Black Widow. We've been waiting. We're gonna probably end up waiting another five, six months before it officially gets released in some shape, way, or form. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm patient. If anything. Yeah, because the work's done, right? It's, I don't know, it's got to be so volatile for these production companies when they go out and they procure or sign on actors and actresses and, and, and all this stuff. And then the risk that's involved with this coronavirus, you yeah. know what I mean? What happens if that property or that person gets it? How does it impact your property? Like, you know, just look at Black Panther with Chadwick, right? Like, how devastating is that? But it's really made Marvel have to start reconsidering, well, what's their plan for Black Panther 2? Yeah. Right? And we've got a variable out there, not only in cancer, but in all these, you know, highly communicable diseases that could affect people or even take their life, God forbid. And that's got to be a huge risk factor in everything for for the production company. So I can see them once they get those commitments of who's playing what. All right, let's get it over the finish line. Yeah. You know, Hell or high water, we're gonna we're gonna ink the deal to make sure that we have access to the spots we need to to get this done. That's exactly it. So, yeah, now I'm just looking through. There's not much more to talk about this week, unfortunately. Yeah, this week it was, was a little on the slower slow side. Yeah, and this is this is going to be the problem, right? For this cycle where we're going into, um. Uh, second phase or second wave we've got a lot of political stuff going on in the states uh with the elections i think that you know basically companies have set the railroad tracks as far as media and whatnot we're just going to be going week to week to discuss the things that do come out because now we're getting really close to the time when we're going to be talking about our experiences in cyberpunk 2077 because it's actually going to be here yeah you know, that, that type of thing. So we've, we've had the hype train going. Now it's time for the delivery train to pull up or the Amazon van to pull up and, and deliver. And then we're going to be back into that crunch again, right? Yeah. Where we're going to be weekly devices, gadgets, games, movies, TV shows. Obviously, we've talked about the fact that it's going to be refocusing in on that TV or streaming service. So... Yeah, but all this stuff, like, I hate to say it, but it's just kind of 
you know, I'm I'm sad that 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 the the raised by wolves is over. You know, there's going to be a time when Mandalorian season two is over. I'm going to be like, oh, now we got to wait a year, like yeah. you know, and hope that the production goes through, right? Yeah, exactly. But rest assured, everyone, we do have tons of awesome shows planned. Yep. Like I mentioned, we're going to have our, you know, gener- this generation of console review. We're going to give our top picks, worst picks, at our commentary. We're going to have a little fun with that. We want to make it super interactive with our listeners. So, again, send us your top picks of PS4. Your top picks for Xbox One and your worst picks for both systems. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. And Phil, tell them how they can send this feedback. Well, you can find us on the interwebs at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you find podcasts. We're going to be there. And really, we got to thank everybody for listening. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you leave a review. Let us know how you feel about the shows. Give us all the feedback. We're excited. We're going to have lots of interviews hopefully coming up as well. I'm looking forward to later on this week when we talk to Jim Zub. And it's just fascinating to have a legend like him on our show. And we hope to do it more often. Yeah. We're also going to be joined by the great guys from Brews and Blasters. Yet again, a guest that we had on five years ago. So we're going to be talking about all things Mandalorian with them. And that's going to be a fun show. In fact, that's next week. So, it's going to be fun. We have a lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff planned, because this is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything. We talk about all things comics, all things toys, all things video games, all things books, all things everything. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? It's all in canon. That's right. It's all in canon. We are the It's Canon Podcast. I'm Boris. He's Phil. Take care. Good night. Tune in Wednesday for interview with Jim Zub. Later. Be safe, everyone. that.